the blind man. If you uh, know anything about St. Ignatius of Loyola, one of the things he teaches in his spiritual exercises is that the most fruitful way to, to read and hear the scripture stories of Jesus is to imagine ourselves to kind of turn on that holy imagination in the, on, the, on the high in our, inside our minds and, and to place ourselves in the scene, to make ourselves one of the characters in the scene so that we can really, really savor the experience and the moment and what happens that encounter with Jesus. Using our imaginations, Ignatius tells us, is one of the best ways to realize that in a gospel story like the one we just heard, we are the blind man Bartimaeus. Now, if we follow St. Ignatius' advice, we would begin by kind of quieting ourselves down and taking a little bit of quiet time to kind of get ourselves settled, and then we would sort of step back into our imaginations and, and imagine ourselves in that scene that the gospel describes. So you're at the, at the city wall and you're seated there and you've kind of got your, coat, your cloak and it's, it's very filthy and dirty because you're sitting in the dirt and you're, you're blind as can be and you've got your little hand put out so that you can receive whatever donation some generous person might offer to you to, to kind of help you out. And you're not just supposed to remember or to imagine that kind of exterior scene, but also what's going on inside of the blind man. First of all, what is it like to be blind? Most of us don't know what it's like to be blind, especially if we've been blind, you know, if we, if we imagine ourselves being blind forever and ever, ever, blind from birth. What is it like to never have seen, to have utter darkness in front, to never have seen a cloud, a tree, of the face of a baby child. What is that like? Can we make ourselves feel a little bit of that darkness, of that emptiness, that blackness where our eyes should be so that we can empathize with this blind man and really be him for a moment or two? But deeper than just the blindness, you also have to imagine the poverty of this guy. Imagine ourselves as being so blind that we can never work, we can never sustain a family, we can never go out and do anything. We're left to sit every morning at the city gate begging. There's, there's no work, there's no money, there's no family wealth. That poverty of being completely dependent on the generosity or the pity of people who happen to pass by, living on a dime or a quarter or a denarii or whatever, that too 
is something that we're asked to experience and to feel inside ourselves. And yet there is still another darkness that this man must live with day in and day out of his life. Now in the mentality of the people, the Hebrew people at his time, there was a sort of a, an inexorable logic when it came to being a person with a disability, especially if you are born with it. If you've got some sort of a disability, some sort of a limitation, well, that's because God has smited you. The logic is that God blesses the good and He smites the bad. So if you have something like that in your life, it means either you did something terribly, terribly bad, or at least your parents or grandparents did. So you live with a spiritual mark on your soul forever that proclaims to anybody and everybody, and most of all to yourself, I am a bad person. I am an evil person. I am a sinner because look what God did to me. He smited me and did so justly. I might not know what my sin was, but it must have been something really big. And to live with that spiritual agony, day in and day out your entire life, of being a worthless sinner, a smited person by God, that is deeper blindness, deeper poverty, deeper hurt than anything else in that man's life. And we're asked this morning to try to imagine ourselves in that position, in that spiritual position of feeling ourselves a worthless sinner who's been smited by God and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, all of that is worth our imagining. It's powerful and it leads us deep into this story and allows us to feel all that impels this man to cry out when he hears that Jesus is near, Jesus, Son of David, save me, have mercy on me. I don't deserve it. I'm a sinner. I don't deserve it. I'm a poor person. I don't deserve your attention. But anyway, just help me out some fashion or other. Have mercy on me in whatever way, even if it's just a one little drop of mercy to give my life some meaning, some, some grace, something to hope to, something to, to see that I'm not a complete and total waste in my life. He's impelled by his suffering, impelled by his blindness, impelled by his poverty, impelled by his being relegated to the role of sinner for life. He can't stop himself crying out to Jesus, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on me. And what a moment it is when Jesus calls him to himself and says, what do you want? What do you want? With compassion and love and, and, and the mercy of God himself, what do you want from me? What can I do for you? You can almost imagine them embracing already. Jesus wrapping his arms around this blind man, whispering in his ears, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? 
But I'm not worthy of it. I'm not worthy. I'm a sinner. I'm a blind man. I'm a poor man. No, 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 no. What can I do for you? I don't want to hear all that. What can I do for you? I want to see. Open my eyes. Give me a taste of new life, new freedom, new grace, new joy. I just, I just want to be like everyone else. I'm tired of being a sinner. I'm tired of poverty. I'm tired of blindness. Open my eyes. That's all I want. And of course, in the story, Jesus opens his eyes, opens our eyes, as we live the story ourselves. It's a beautiful moment. And then what does the guy do? Jesus says to him, go your way. And instead, he follows Jesus along the way. Why do we know this guy's name 2,000 years later, Bartimaeus? Because obviously, he did indeed follow Jesus along the way and was known to the early Christian community. Not as a sinner, not as a poor guy, not as the blind man, but as a disciple of Jesus for the rest of his life. Now, the blindness, the poverty, even the supposed sinfulness of Bartimaeus is a story Ignatius would say that we have to apply to ourselves. That's why we went through this exercise of imagining ourselves in his shoes. So, if we're the blind person, it's obviously not blindness of our physical eyes that we want to think about that we want to ponder, that we want to sort of spiritually analyze. What's my blindness? What's our blindness? There's, maybe we can use the Holy Trinity to kind of examine our blindness. You know, God the creator of all, filling it with life and grace and color and beauty. The blue sky above us, the clouds floating along like little ships made out of cotton. The beautiful green grass below our feet. Well, in Spokane, the beautiful green grass below my feet. Here it's this beautiful brown gravel below my feet. Uh, the, tender, the tender eyes of a newborn baby. The, the million things that we're allowed to see that we've been created for us. The Creator. Are our eyes open to see beyond the surface of these things? We just see the surface. Oh, that's a pretty cloud. Oh, that's a nice blue. Oh, that's pretty green down there. Or do we see God's creative hand in all of this? Do we see God's creating love in all of this? Do we give spontaneous praise to God the Creator for blessing us with a heart that pumps with eyes that see, with blue sky above our heads, do we give thanks and praise to the God who creates us all? Do we see beyond the surface of things in this universe of ours? Lord, open my eyes to see your life, your love, indeed your very presence in all that surrounds me in this created world of ours. There's Jesus. Wouldn't it be wonderful 
If we had Jesus' eyes to see beyond the surface of people, the surface of other human beings who surround us day in and day out, to see beyond their faces, to see, to see their hearts and their souls like, like he saw into Bartimaeus's, washing away from our sight all of that grimy stuff that society tells us we shouldn't like about another people, and just seeing them with Jesus' eyes, with love, with those who are different from us, from the poor, from the broken, from those we've deemed our enemies, from those who've hurt us in life. Oh, that I might be able to see beyond the surface, beyond the faces of our neighbors on this planet, in this city, in, in this church, in our families. Lord, open my eyes to see as Jesus sees. Finally, of course, we have the Holy Spirit. How easy it is to miss the Holy Spirit, to not see the Holy Spirit at work in our lives because, you know, the Holy Spirit is kind of out there. It's kind of, you know, uh, where is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? And, and again, it's so easy to not see the big picture of history the big picture of our own lives, the arc of our lives. We get so caught up in just the moment, this moment. They all say, live in the moment. Okay, live in the moment. And I'm liable to miss the big picture. <laughs> yes, live in the moment, but also understand that my life is part of something grander and bigger. That, that there's work going on here in me and in us and in our world that's bigger than just today's daily news with all of its grim stories about this and that and the other thing. That yes, our, our world is a mess. And yes, our, our, our current social situations are messes. And yes, we're in the middle of COVID. And yes, there's too many people being killed by gunfire all over every city in the country. Yes, there's all kinds of bad things that are happening. Yes, there's climate change. Yes, it's all, it's all overwhelming. Lord, open my eyes to see your spirit thriving, pouring life and grace and holiness into this mess of ours that we've created so deeply troubling. Open our eyes to see that your spirit is doing something good in our world, that your spirit is at work in our church, that your spirit is at work in me and in my family, leading us forward and pulling us along and breathing your grace and your hope and your, your light into us and promising to blow us with your spiritual breath right into the kingdom of God. And, and not just life after life, but this earth itself, that the face of the earth might be renewed through your breath and your grace. Lord, what do I want from you? I want you to open my eyes to the Spirit at work in my life and in my community and in my church and in this big world of ours.
It cannot be that all of this was created and loved and redeemed and saved just so that it could collapse into nothingness. So, Jesus speaks to us and whispers in our ear, what do you want from me, blind Bartimaeus? Our response is a beautiful prayer. Lord Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. We want to see. Amen. Yeah.